Good morning. How are you? All right. It is great to see you. We are uh, continuing our sermon series titled God is Good. And just uh, remind you in case you haven't uh, been here the last few weeks. Uh, and to remind you if you haven't, if you want to, you can go to the website. You can listen to the podcast and catch up on any of that if you want, if you uh, would like to. But uh, talking about God is Good, the first time, first uh, message that we talked about was was titled Taste and See, and the idea was was the idea of just, just jumping all in with God, just going all in with God, whether you're a believer who kind of just uh, takes a little bit here and a little bit there, and if you like it, you want to go along with it and agree it, but you really just haven't experienced what it means just to say, God, just everything is yours, and I'm going all in with you. Or as a person who maybe doesn't believe, and you're, you're questioning, and you're you're searching, and you, you have legitimate questions, and there's things that doesn't make sense to you, and you, you're actually seeking, and you're trying to get answers, but you're kind of just hit and miss by searching here and searching there, and you're finding things uh, that would already go along and support your unbelief. You're finding ammunition to kind of go against that, and I would say for you, that's okay to search, but I would say the only way that you're going to really know who God is and what he can do for your life is just to give your life to him and, and go with that and let him show you what he can do. You want to experience him, experience in him by just having a little taste here and a little taste there. It doesn't give you an adequate picture of who God is. So just the idea of taste and see and jump in, um, jump in with God. Then we talked about God's forgiveness and the idea of living with guilt and uh, for us to realize there's there's no place for guilt in our life that there are things that we can that we do and there may be consequences to sin and there it's not to say that things are not wrong but God provides forgiveness for us and when we ask him he forgives us and he doesn't intend for us to live with guilt and so that can hinder us in our relationship with him it can hinder us in our relationship with other people so uh, just the idea that God forgives us there's there's no place for guilt, for us to live with guilt in our life. He's freed us of that. And then we talked about God offering grace and the idea of that. If grace literally means, we talked about unmerited favor, but literally it means that which affords joy. That which affords joy for us. So that God's uh, method and what he wants for us in giving us grace is that he wants to give us that which affords joy. Specifically in the person of Jesus Christ, but also in our lives the grace that he gives us and so those are the things that we talked about and and all of those really were the overarching theme of we talk about God being good and that is who God is he is good it's not all that he is but he is good but not only is he good but it is how he acts toward us he is good to us he, he acts toward us with things that are excellent or praiseworthy. He offers us things that are good, that he knows that are good for us, and that, that are the best for us. So we're thinking about that. So the, today, we're going to continue and talk about God being good, but I want you to think with me about God providing for us, that God is a provider. And, uh, you know, we get going in our lives, and we get going all of our different ways, and I think sometimes we just don't stop and think of how God provides for us oftentimes we are focused on the things that we lack or the things that we think we need and we often neglect the idea of understanding how God provides for us so if you've ever done a study 
uh, on the names of God. You're probably familiar with uh, the, the, the name for God, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord who provides. That's one of the names for God, if you've ever done a study. If you've never done that, just, just look up the names of God. And you can see all the different ways that the Bible refers to God and the names kind of used for Him. And this Jehovah Jireh means uh, the Lord who provides. So again, not only, not only who He is, He is a provider for us, and it's how He acts toward us, He provides for us. So, if you have your Bibles, turn to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. And we're going to just, I'm going to just read a lot of scripture to you today. I'm going to make a few comments here and there, but I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you um, and just let it speak for itself and let us hear what God has said to us about how he provides. So in the book of Genesis chapter 1, and the first thing that, that I want us to look at, and there are several elements of this, but just the idea that God provides for us physically, you want to taking a note or you want to jot that down or keep that in your mind but just physically physically meaning not just not just personally like physically as health and those kinds of things which those are certainly included but looking at genesis and looking at just the physical world that we live in what what he has provided for us the way he has established this earth and this universe screams out to us that god is a god who has thought way ahead, way farther than any of us ever could, and his agenda was to provide for us. And that first uh, book of uh, Genesis there gives us a lot of examples. So that's what I want us to look at. Uh, the first, first passage we're looking at is uh, verses 1 through 5 of chapter 1. I'm going to read these. You can follow along on the screen or in whatever method of the scriptures that you're carrying with you this morning. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now, God, from the very beginning, and just, you know, keep this in the back of your mind with all of this, okay? God spoke these things into existence. Didn't have to toil. He didn't have to labor. He didn't have to break a sweat. He didn't need any help from anybody. He didn't call me and ask me what I thought about what he was getting ready to do. And I'm sure he didn't do the same with you, right? God spoke these things into existence. And that, those first verses show us there, he provided for us night and day. Now just think about that. I know on a regular basis we probably don't think about that a whole lot. But he gave us night and day. Realizing that there would need to be a separation between the two. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. But you can read all of the studies and all the stuff. And I've looked at things about how important it is for us to have a separation between the night and the day. And it goes along with the work and the rest and all of that that's entailed with that. And God knew that ahead of time. And he provided that for us night and day. <coughs> Excuse me. The next passage, verses 6 through 8. We're just going to keep on going all the way through verse 31. 6 through 8, it says, And God said... 
let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from, uh, from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. God provided for us the distinction, distinction and the separation of there is there, this spatial place, this place, not only a heaven we think of, of living with him eternally, but just even from a scientific standpoint, the, the referred to as the heavens, uh, the expanse, that this is what God has provided for us. From the very beginning, he spoke these things into existence. Now, as I was preparing... <laughs> As I was preparing this and thinking about this, maybe you're feeling this way. I hope I can communicate it in a way that challenges you to think differently. We have lived here in a place that we probably take for granted. You have either, maybe you've worked all night and you're going to sleep when you get home. As I'm looking at some faces I know that work at a different schedule. But you're going to have a time where you work and where you're able to rest. And we think about the heavens and we're able to walk outside and see blue skies and see birds flying and trees and all that. And we do that every single day. And I think we lose the wonder of that because we can just walk right out and be a part of that every day. But just think about this. If you can get your mind to think about from the very beginning, there was nothing. There was nothing. It didn't look anything like it looks now. There was just nothing. It was void, the Bible says. God in his wisdom, in his all-knowing goodness for us, knew his plan and provided these things for us. That it's easy for us to take for granted. So night and day, the heavens, verses 9 and 10. or not, uh, Yeah, verses 9 and 10. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. The earth and the seas, the very place we live on. Anybody been to the beach lately? Yeah. The, the waters, I, I, it blows my mind to think that the waters, somehow God w w was able to gather whatever it looked like, but he gathered the waters together and he called them seas. It wasn't there before. He created that for us. The earth that we live on. All of the things that, that we know about the earth and God created that for us. Again, you, those of you who have done some studying and know about the earth's axis and the degree that it's tilted and the, the, uh, the speed of which it spins and that if, if things were off just by small, 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 minuscule amounts, we wouldn't be able to even survive. God provided that for us. So the night and the day and the heavens and the earth and the sea, verses 11 through 13. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants, yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. 
And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. Anybody ever toiled in a garden? <laughs> Have you you've plowed? You've put in fresh soil. You've watered. You've fertilized. You've Pull the weeds out, and you know, hopefully if everything and all the conditions are right, you've gotten some kind of fruit out of that. God just said, let the earth sprout vegetation. Try that next spring when you plant your garden. I want you just to go out and say, earth, sprout vegetation, and then walk back in and tell your family that you're going to go out the next day and have an abundance of goodness from the garden that you've spoken to existence. It's not going to happen, right? God was thinking of us, providing all of what we've seen, providing that physically, providing things for us not only to enjoy with our eyes, but food and a source uh, that we could have to continue to exist. He thought of us and he provided that for us. And he made it in such a way that it reproduces itself. Think about that, that it wasn't just a one-time thing. Hey, I'm just going to give you a little something. I hope, I hope it's good. I hope you can make it last. God created the vegetation in such a way and thought of us in such a way that he knew how we would needed to be provided for. Not only did he speak it into existence, but by its very nature, he created it in a way that it reproduced itself so that it could continue to go on and on and on. He provides for us. Night and day, heaven, earth and seas, vegetation, verses 14 through 19. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heaven and separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be lights in the expanse of heavens uh, to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and all over the night, excuse me, and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. The sun, the moon, the stars, all of that. That we can take for granted. Not only do, can you go to the beach where he's gathered the seas. And you can lay on the, the beach and enjoy the sun that he put into place. That he provided for us. And think about all that the sun does for us. All of the wonderful things that we have because of what the sun provides. And the moon and the stars. He provided all that for us, thinking way beyond me and you, knowing what we were going to need. He is a provider, and that's what he's given us. Night and day, heaven, earth and seas, vegetation, sun, moon, and stars. And as if that wasn't enough. Verse 20 through 23. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds 
and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. God created all the creatures and all the birds. And so I can go to the beach and lay on the sand that he created as a part of the earth and the waters that he has gathered as the sea and enjoy the sun that he has provided for me and get up and go to a seafood restaurant (laughs) and eat from the creatures that he has provided in the sea. What a comprehensive plan. All of that God thought of. Now, if I don't want to pay for somebody to fix it for me in a restaurant, I can catch it myself and fix it myself, right? God has provided for us all of the birds in the air, all of the creatures in the sea. It is how he provides night and day, heaven, earth and seas, vegetation, sun, moon, and stars, creatures in the sea, and birds. And just like the vegetation, he told them to multiply. So it's just not a one-time fix. It's just not, uh, I hope, if we prepared enough, this will last. It's an ongoing thing. I've eaten at the Hungry Drover. Have you eaten there? Anybody? On their supper menu, when they fix things, they fix a certain amount of whatever it is that they're fixing for that night. And if you don't get there in time, you could be told, we don't have any more of that because it's all gone. God didn't do that. He didn't say, I'm just going to provide creatures. I'm going to provide vegetation. I'm just going to put these things here. First come, first serve, whoever can get here. Make a reservation. Eat all you want, and then it's over. He said, they're going to multiply. They're going to continue to reproduce. It's God's way, I think, of telling us not only did he want to provide for us, but he continues to provide for us. All of those things that he has given to us. Verses 24 and 25. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Living creatures. You got... The whole picture is being painted and completed where God is starting from nothing, the Bible says, just a void. And now he has provided all of these things for us that I can gather on the beach, on the earth that he's created and the seas that he has gathered and the sun that he has provided and I can leave and go to the restaurant and have surf and turf if I want to, right? And God has provided that for me. He's provided that for us. He has done everything to show us how much he cares for us and that he indeed is a provider. So the night and the day and the heavens and the earth and the sea and the vegetation and the sun and the moon and the stars and the creatures in the sea and birds and living creatures on the earth and creepy things. (laughs) All right, all of those little creepy, little 
spiders and centipedes and millipedes and creepy little things that some of us just go about. I don't know what the purpose of those things are. I'll just be honest with you. But God has provided them for us in his picture of knowing what this earth needed and what we needed. And he has provided all of those things for us. Verses 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God provided for us as he created human beings he provided for us the relationships that we can continue to have with not only him, but other human beings. If you have a relationship with anybody, you should thank God that he has provided that for you. Having a relationship, now this is complicated, so stay with me. Having a relationship with another person is not possible without another person. <laughs> right? <laughs> Some of you are, okay, I'm settling in, right? God has responsible for creating human beings and for them multiplying and being fruitful. And that has allowed us to have relationships not only with him but with other people. That's awesome. Life would be lonely wouldn't it, without other people. God has provided that for us. And also, as we read in there, guess what? God said that he created humans in such a way is that he said, hey, you know all that other stuff that I've created? Guess what? Y'all are over all of that. I'm giving it to you. Be stewards of it. Take care of it. You're over all of the things, even the little creepy things, which makes me not feel bad. When I smush a spider that's crawling around in my house because he said, hey, you're over that, right? You ever squashed a spider, right? But God's given us dominion over that. He's given us, not that we be irresponsible for it, or, but we're to be stewards of what, what he has given us. He has given us those things. So he's given us night and day in the heavens and the earth and the sea and vegetation and sun, moon and stars and creatures in the sea and birds and living creatures on the earth. And he's given us humans. He's given us relationships with other people in the last verses here in genesis in verse 28 it says and god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth and god said behold i have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heaven, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning. 
the sixth day. Go back and look at all those verses I read, and you see toward the end of that, it says this is what God said, and then it says, and it was so. Didn't say God had a good idea, but he couldn't get it together. Didn't say God had, had some great things that he wanted to happen, but he just couldn't gather enough support to make it happen. God had a good plan for creation, but the finances just weren't there. God said, this is what's going to happen. I'm speaking it into existence, and it was so. And he gave us all of these things. That last verse tells me, it says, he gave that to us. He gave it to us for us. Of his mindset of providing for us and loving us and caring for us. So, from the very beginning, God had in mind to provide for us. That is his agenda, and that is the agenda that he wants to continue New Testament scripture in Matthew says in chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. Listen to this one. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Anybody have a little problem getting dressed this morning wondering, I don't know what I should wear. The seasons are changing and I just can't, you know, do I wear my jacket? Do I, you know, I'm saying that in a feminine voice because... Men just go, this will work. (laughs) And then they go back and change when their wife says, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't going to church looking like that, right? But it says, don't be anxious about those things, uh, about your body, what you'll put on. And in the last part of verse 25, it says, is life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And you, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you so anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows what you need he knows that you need them all but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious about itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble have any of you ever gone through life and you just got to the end of the day and you said you know what i just feel like today just really hadn't had as much problems as i thought it needed most of us get to the end of the day and say my goodness and we're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow and next week and don't worry about all that each day carries its troubles of its own there's things that goes on each day focus on god and the key to that all that obviously is the verse that said seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added to you Philippians verses 4, 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. God has provided for us. Physically, he has provided for us. All of the things of the earth and the sky and the sea and the birds and the vegetation and the livestock and the creatures and the humans and everything that he provided for us. He thought about us ahead of time and he said, I want to provide for them. And it not only happened at the creation of the earth, but it continues as we have in his word through scripture in the New Testament about how he is going to continue to provide for us. And then the second thing as I close up is this, is that God not only provides for us physically, but he provides for us spiritually. This is a scripture that I hope you know. I almost hope that you would think I'm tired of hearing that because that means maybe you've heard it enough where maybe it has settled in. There are a lot of scriptures. I can't think of a better verse of us understanding that God provides for us spiritually than John 3, 16 and then 17. I think I just have 16 on the screen, but I'll read 17. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he, what's the next word? Gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God not only provided for us physically, met all of our needs, provided things in such a way that things reproduce and that we have access to all those things that he knew we needed. He provided that for us from the beginning. And then not only that, that he, he not only say, hey, your physical needs are important, but God says, listen, there's an eternity waiting ahead of you. And apart from me, you die and spend it away from me in a place called hell. And I don't want that to happen to you. And I want to provide not only for you physically, but I want to provide for you a way that you can have an everlasting, eternal relationship with me. It's God's words, I believe, to us as we read John 3, 16. That he loved us enough, that he wanted to provide for us, that he wasn't so shallow to say, I'll just meet your physical needs. Because there's a place for that. But God is so comprehensive in his provision for us that he said physical things are important. But apart from an internal relationship with me, life is meaningless. You can have all of what God provided in the form of the physical and miss out on the spiritual. And you have nothing without Jesus. That is a God who is good. That's a God who cares for us. That is a God who provides for us. So what I would want to ask you this morning is this. What are your needs today? I don't know what they are. You know what they are. What needs do you have? Think physically. What physical needs do you have? What are you worrying about? What do you think you don't have enough of? What is it that's bothering you? What are the needs that you have? I, I don't care if they're material or if whatever. What are the needs that you have? And I want you to know that the scripture says that God provides things for us according to his glory and his riches. So it's not, you know, sometimes we talk about this all the time. I hate to even say it because it seems so redundant. But, you know, there's a difference between a need and a want. But the Bible says God knows our needs. And so I'm asking you, not on a surface level, but what are the needs you have? What are they physically? Maybe you're really going through something and you need God. You need him to provide something for you. Some of you may be out of a job 
literally, you need God's provision. Some of you may be in, in, in a circumstance, I don't know, or maybe, maybe a meal from day to day is something that you've realized that you can't take for granted. Those are needs. God has provided for you, and he wants to give you what you need. Ask him for it. Let him know that you know he's provided. Thank him for it. Let him provide that for you. I don't know what your needs are, but what would they be? What would you say in your mind? Physically, what are your needs? Emotionally, what are your needs? Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. It's, it's seeking God and understanding how he has provided for us. And then spiritually, you come regularly, you, you hear it just about every week, but it's so important. Spiritually, where are you? Maybe you're good on the physical side, but spiritual side, you're long gone. You don't even have a clue of what it means to accept God's provision through Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, without the, the spiritual, you have nothing. You might have a lot of money, and you might have all the gadgets and all the things, and you can do whatever you want to, and you can provide for yourself, and that's great. Apart from the spiritual, you've got nothing. And that's what really matters. So I would just challenge you, where are you there? What do you need? God has provided Jesus for you. And he wants you to turn to him. If you need help with that, you want to talk about that, we'll be around the front. Find somebody. We'd love to tell you more about that. I'm going to ask the band if, they're going to, that, if they would come up. And again, as you think about that question, what are your needs today? I want to remind you, God is good. It's who he is. And it's how he acts toward us. Pray with me. God, uh, I just thank you that we can, we can look in your word and see your provision. We don't have to make up stuff. We don't have to wonder if you really care about us. We don't have to wonder if you're good to us. It's all right there in front of our face, Lord. It's, it's right in front of us when, when we woke up this morning, when we walked outside, when we were able to eat a meal, when we were able to put on clothes. The, all of the things that you have provided for us, that was your agenda from the very beginning of time. We were not an afterthought. So I just want to thank you for your provision. And thank you for the provision that you've given us for salvation through Jesus Christ. None of us can do it on our own. We need you. And Lord, as we thought... Maybe there are people here this morning as they thought when I asked the question, what are your needs? In their mind, that they've, they've rattled off a few things that are true needs in their life. Lord, I pray that you provide for them. That you show them that you are a good God who provides. Show up in their life in a big way this week in Jesus' name.